So today, I thought, because there isn't a lot of news going around right now, so I thought we'd talk a little bit about the new timeline details that Mike Pondsmith has put up on Reddit. Um, potentially mm-hmm. also some ratings. What what kind of rating this game's going to get? Is it going to get mature, adults only, things like that? And then we'll take a lot of questions from the chat. Is that okay with Ooh, you guys? I, 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 have, I have something. Um, Throw it out there. It's, it's it's nothing big. It's nothing huge. Uh-huh. Uh, but I have I have uh, I have confirmation that there's a couple of people that are on vacation right now. Um, you can also find this out if you troll Twitter or I mean um, stalk Twitter. I mean um, uh, uh, <laughs> be nice on Twitter. That's what I mean. Um, if you if you do that enough, you'll you'll realize that there's a bunch of people from CDPR who are on a short little break. Um, that's Usually, nice. You know, nothing big, nothing big, like just like going away for the weekend or, you know, a half a week or something like that. Um, and remember what I said? I, I don't know if I said it on the community podcast, but how like we wouldn't be seeing anything, you know, super special about CDPRs and their plans until after the first week of May, mm-hmm. because the their the due date for the submission for info regarding E3 that kind of stuff is is typically gonna like it's gonna be like semi cemented in early May and then it's gonna be hard cemented by the end of the month and then you know the the show is like two weeks later mm-hmm. but you wouldn't see anything until at least the very first weekend of May and that coincides with a bunch of people who have been working very very hard who suddenly are having a couple days off so. Yeah. Well, uh, before you start, uh, before you start getting carried away with that, I shall tell you that they uh, people working there used to do that a lot. Going, mm-hmm. you know, I know, no, but I'm just I'm just pointing it out how very interesting <laughs> it is that they lined up. At, I mean, right when I happened to mention that they probably would be done a major, oh, I don't know, project of some something. sort. Yeah. You know, some some sort of big thing that they've been preparing for quite a while. I just 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 Ooh. throwing that out there. Just throwing that. <laughs> a calm before the storm. Yes. Indeed. Well, it definitely <laughs> is. Like overall, there's a big calm before the storm hits. Uh, unless you're like it's 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 really quiet right now, except for certain products and certain games. But mm. yeah, even gonna, even the people gonna... that we were reaching out to uh, within the CDPR network, um, in terms of guests, they said. Typically, after E3 is when they'd be more free. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, they've been working like dogs. So, I suppose they deserve a little break or two here and there, yeah, right? Yeah. It also yeah, makes sense a bit to, if you like, because now they're going to just talk about the stuff that we saw. But after E3, we can ask them so much more about Absolutely, the, yeah. the new yeah. details. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but, timeline details. You guys want to talk about that? Mike Pondsmith took to Twitter. Before you go on on that, so yeah, you oh. you've been stalking Red. You've been stalking Red Sip. <laughs> <laughs> you've been stalking people from Red on Twitter. Don't we all do that? That's like our pastime, like our favorite pastime. Oh. <laughs> oh, come on! Don't lie there. Don't lie. Don't lie. You're trying to get well, those juicy details. I know you are. Not all of them. Not all of them. <laughs> Not all of them. <laughs> Most of them. No, it's no, funny how no. you find out about games like in the era we live in. Like it's like through Twitter, through Instagram. I actually find a lot of stuff about the the things that I talk about. Like 
uh, Cyberpunk, The Witcher through those through yeah. those sources. So it's kind of cool. <laughs> I feel like we're doing net running to find <laughs> new info. <laughs> um, watching uh, LinkedIn, um, like like uh, work experience is another good one. Because mm. if you like, yeah. You're just watching, then suddenly it's like, hey, 10 people are now reporting that they're working on this new project about something in particular. So, sometimes they'll just put out the name. Yeah. And then they'll go, oops. And then they go <laughs> change it to something like, you know, something that can be, uh, it's, it doesn't directly say what it is, but it's it's definitely like, you know, you're like, yeah, I, I, know, what, I know what you're working on. I know what you're working on. But, you know, everybody's just hobnobbing about, you know, whether or not it's what they're thinking mm. it is or not. So LinkedIn let is me, a... Let me interrupt you here because I, I'd like to answer a question, one, a question, a comment made on the comments by Chupacabra that said, I thought Matt Quinn was a cyberpunk 2077 journalist. Stalking to the Project Red on Twitter should be made a point. Well, I am not... I, I don't con- First, I don't consider myself a journalist. In fact, as soon as there were other people talking about the game, the first I did was stop giving news about it because I'm way more interested in other things. Yeah, I think you said you didn't even like news, right? Or like yeah, not, not as not much really. as the lore. Yeah. Mm. Yes, I, I want to know, so I want to, I want to keep myself informed and I can talk about that, but that's reporting news is so boring for me. <laughs> and the the moment the moment did you know new channels like the new arcade came in or or last known meal that's also uh, doing a very good job with the news you don't Thank need you. me for that you don't need me for that <laughs> it's funny because <laughs> that's, that's my favorite part too it's like we are we're like, we are, we're at like opposite end, ends of the spectrum you like the lore we all like something different which is kind of cool mm-hmm. yeah it's we all fixate it on the- sorry does it? It's, it's kind of cool because uh, all of us together make very, very different things, and uh, together we make uh, some sort of uh, different type of, of news outlet. But yeah, I'm I'm on the side of the law, and I'm on the side of doing creative things. But yeah, I do stop people anyway, but other, for another reasons, not for journalist reasons. <laughs> <laughs> for the cyberpunk Avengers. <laughs> cyberpunk like, like Avengers. <laughs> Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I I want to be Tony Stark. <laughs> Go ahead. You got it. <laughs> no. While we're talking about channels, like I actually got a question uh, last week. Like someone asked me, like, how can I be like Cyberpunk YouTube? But it's like, find the thing you like the most from Cyberpunk and just you know enjoy doing it. Yeah. You know, try to do something that I don't, I'm not saying like, oh, you, you can like you shouldn't do news news because someone does news, but. I find a, find an interesting way of doing it, and I think every single one of us here does it as Matt Bean said in their own way. Mm-hmm. Makes it great for the community in general. Yeah, I think we all dabble in like different areas and aspects of it, but like we have our main focus, which is kind of important, right? If you guys mm-hmm. are wanting to become content creators, I suppose focus on one aspect of it and really double down on that, and then you can always you know do other videos here and there, but. You have a focus which people come to you specifically for, which is mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Always, always start with a focus because um, it's it's really it's like it's like being a uh, panelist on like some like news talk show. Like you know, you look at them and you go, "Oh wow, how'd they get to that job? Like, what course do I need to take to become you know somebody who people go to to ask generalized questions?" Like Joe Rogan is a good experience where you know, I mean, it's the world's biggest podcast, mm-hmm. and it's like. What did he do? Did he go to school for that specifically? No, he started on one thing 
on one very specific thing in his career, and then he started talking about that, but then he just started branching out into more and more. But it was because he was specialized in his one thing. And same with um, you know news analysts all the time. There's this one one woman I love watching on these panelist shows where she talks about how you know she she became skilled at her profession, and then that opened the door to being a commentator and a, and a panelist talking about issues of of the day. Mm-hmm. And that's I mean that's really the way to go. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. So should we jump to the timeline details? Mm-hmm. Actually. Mm-hmm. Ma- we do we have any questions that are popping up in the chat before we move on? I don't think so. Ah, the release date. <laughs> release date. Oh my goodness. When it's ready. Yeah, this one, this one. Uh, um, Wolfie says, can you ask this girl if she's still butthot about the first person <laughs> point of view? Well, I am not the one who is butthot in this conversation, and that's the reason why we're not having it. <laughs> yeah, no, Mad-, Mad Queen's not as... as- She's not the. She's not nearly like butthurt about that. Uh, I, on the other hand, which we. <laughs> I think we've gone into this like every single podcast, and it's actually kind of kind of funny at this point because it's like a recurring thing that we can just laugh at at this point. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Well, actually, actually, I brought this up to that for, for that for make, for making the joke. Oh, same, to throw to throw with, Seb under the bus. When you, same with when you set your cell phone to silent. And then somebody, like a family member, is texting you, and they're like, "Why aren't you responding to my text?" So they send an emergency text that goes through your silence. Yeah, that's always that's always fun too. I'm not answering you because I'm on a podcast. It's <laughs> like the boy who cried wolf. Come on, don't don't. Oh, that. that was the sound. I was wondering. Yeah, is it- yeah, no, that, that was that was that was my that was somebody texting me saying, "Why aren't you responding to my text? Are you okay?" It's like. I'm not responding to your text because I don't know if maybe if you followed my channel, you might know that I'm currently busy. So <laughs> love that. There's a, there's supposed to be an emergency broadcast in our area coming up this week sometime soon. I'm like, I tend to want to bet you that's going to go off in the middle of like a podcast or when I'm recording. It's probably, probably going to be at like four in the morning. Yeah. That, is that the like nationwide uh, ones that pop up on your phone? Yeah. That's the, that's the ones where it's like, there's some of them that are meant to go through like your silenced versions mm, yeah, yeah. And, and they're supposed to, because it's like, Hey, there's a tornado coming. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's kind of information you need to know right at that moment. But when they're <laughs> doing the tests, it's always like, it's always at the worst possible time. Mm-hmm. It is fun being in like a really big public place when they do the tests. And then like everybody in the, in the public area just suddenly goes off. But, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess they so have to I do digress. that. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I'm not the only one. That's me, my bad. Wow, this is a train wreck so far. Jesus. Come on. But that was such a good moment. <laughs> I know, right? That was, that was like perfect timing. Moment. Thanks. Thanks, whoever's calling hey, it me. It turned out well. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> now, uh, the timeline. Yeah, so let's jump yes. to the timeline. So, essentially, Mike Pondsmith actually took to Reddit, which he doesn't usually make Reddit posts. So, he, he felt the need to clarify this, that... Cyberpunk 2020 and 2077 share the same timeline. I thought that was kind of obvious, but apparently there's a article floating out there that still says otherwise. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess we could talk a little bit about that. Well, I believe the confusion comes from uh, that that video that uh, PlayStation put uh, put out about uh, the Project Red, where they talk about uh, Cyberpunk 2077, and they said specifically with a poor choice of words. That 2020 and 2077 are set in different timelines, and as uh, these videos were more is way more successful than uh, any communication that 
Talsorian Games can make on Twitter mm-hmm. because they've been insisting about the continuity of uh, 2020 to, to 2077. Like when this video came out, every time someone complains about uh, this uh, countdown to the dark future that Talsorian makes and puts on, on Reddit, there's always someone who puts a comment saying, well, but this is not exactly related to Cyberpunk 2077. And then Paul Smith answers, well, if it's not related, then explain to me why the fuck am I, am I calling Poland every week? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's all somewhat related, right? It's not. Oh, like- yeah, and and I mean, I, I, he really makes a point there. It's like I've heard this time and time and time again that you know CDPR is doing something completely different with the series, and it's completely different than Mike Pondsmith's uh, vision of the game. And I keep mm-hmm. going. Then why is he literally involved in this, and why is he travel like? Yeah, he travels there once at once a year at the very least, and he's on um, big calls that last you know two three hours at a time. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's like every every single week he does that at the very least, if not more than you know more yeah. than once or twice a week easily. He, he was like, just there too. Yeah, yeah, there. he was just there, and people are like, "Oh no, it has nothing to do with it." And I'm so glad of this because we said on on our last podcast yesterday, it's like. People are done with the idea of multiple timelines in their franchises. It mm-hmm. just doesn't work. It, That's it's confusing, like, right? Well, it's confusing, and it's like, sure, you you usually get like one good movie, like the Star Trek movie was like the first one was like, oh, cool, mm-hmm. and then it goes downhill from there. Right, right. right. And, <laughs> and from games, from everything, from games to books to this stuff, it's just like, it's just not as good. It's because it's usually not. those are like blatant cash grabs, right? If, you, yeah. if the first one is successful, then they want to kind of replicate it, but in an easy way, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So this, I'm, I'm personally happy that with this choice and, and the fact that they came out and really clarified it because we were worried there for a while um, when there was lots of rumors going back and forth. And, and I talked to, I talked to several people in the company and, and, more than one person was under, like, didn't understand or wasn't sure themselves. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they're the people that are working on the game, so it's like, oh, okay, good. Now we have this clarification. Because a lot of, of things are, are changing with Red. With uh, it's, it's related to a question that uh, Dredgen said down mm-hmm. on the comments: How would a Rocker Boy work as or as with corpse? For example, if they were placed in a situation they were forced to, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Well, the thing is that in Cyberpunk Red, they are creating a new set of rules. This was explained by uh, uh, in Tarsodian Games uh, Mm -hmm. some time ago when he made the first uh, game of uh, the Cyberpunk Red edition. And for instance, there is a new category of cooperatives. I'm not sure if they're going to change the name or going to create a new category of cooperatives, which is XX. And they're going to create create rules for transitioning. For instance, the example you said, you are a rocker boy, and at one point you are hired for a a record label at the Mega Corporation, and then you become an executive. But you keep having your uh, rocker boy things and transition to being an executive. Uh, This... uh, it seems that it's going to be uh, going. It's going to be a thing with a lot of character classes because they also explained that the cops changed. Now the cops are lawmen, and uh, this includes uh, from the National Law Enforcement Division, the uh, uh, policemen of uh, regular police, cooperative police, 
and even uh, security officers. So I mm -hmm. believe that this is linked to the way that they that you can uh, you can escalate in, inside uh, inside the a character class your character inside uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven where you don't have to pick a class from the start but you pick a class by by choosing the different uh, abilities that you have available and somehow it seems to me that it's going to be related the new the new rules of red with the new this new way of creating the character class your character belongs to this way you can choose if you want to be in the case of the rocker boy that goes exec maybe he doesn't want to be on the spot anymore and somehow he loses his ability to move crowds so he loses his ability of as a rocker boy or maybe he wants to keep doing that. This creates some sort of a multi-class, which is the way that the that the video game is, is uh, treating the character classes like a multi-class. So I believe that that Cyberpunk Red not only is uh, setting the law that happened between the Fourth Corporate War and and um, twenty seventy seven, but also the new rules, adapting uh, making them uh, in one hand simpler and and in, on the other adapting them to the video game. Because also, for instance, in the video game, we could see that the attractiveness is not there anymore. And Mike Pondsmith recently said that they were going to remove that from a pen and paper game because it was it, it was very stupid to have attractiveness uh, in, when you created your character because in the end, you could go to any place to have a bio bioscope, change your appearance. So you mm. didn't really need to roll dice for that. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I kind of, I always kind of felt that that just boiled down to like, just general charisma. It's like, I know lots of people who have a pretty face who have like, you know, they walk up to, you know, they, they, they go, they get a nice hairdo, they shower, they shave, or they clean up and they dress in a nice suit and they walk up to a girl and that they want to ask out. And then they stumble through their words. Like your hair smells pretty. And then they throw up. It's like, <laughs> that's someone who has low charisma versus somebody who, you know, doesn't look as good as them who can be, you know, suave and debonair. That's what I always assumed that that meant, but Yeah. I yeah, mean, but also get, in, get, in Cyberpunk you have point, yeah. In Cyberpunk you have different things of everything that you have uh, mm -hmm. you have explained here. You have grooming, which is an ability that is like dressing nice. You have also convincing for the way you talk, you have charisma, you have cool. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of things that because attractiveness is uh, it, it was used to measure, you know, your 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 face mostly your, your face and body how attractive it was, which is quite absurd in a game where you just go to your first fashion infusion or doctor doctor Raz or whatever you have in in yeah. red, and for a sum of money then turn into a, an attractive tent. So it's 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 stupid that you have to to um to make um to throw dice for that because you can change <laughs> it in game pretty easily. Yeah. Mm. That makes sense. But but we didn't see empathy in the character creation of Cyberpunk <laughs> 2077. And I'm not sure if empathy is another thing that they can change in Cyberpunk Red Edition. Because mm -hmm. empathy is directly related to cyberpsychosis. Yeah. So I'm really curious how they are if they are making changes on cyberpsychosis in Cyberpunk Red. Could be. Because this is a, a subject that in the video game was was still is still pending. They always said, "Well, uh, V was probably is going to be affected by cyber psychosis. It's going to be represented in the game." In fact, we saw it they in, have the, humanity. in the demo. They have humanity on the each piece of wear. Yeah. Yes, 
we know we know that we can't go cyber psycho, but that is something that we already knew if you if you played the pen and paper game because the moment you reach mm. empathy zero, you you just you lose, die. You lose control yeah. of your own character yeah. and that's it. So in the video game, it's absurd that you can go cyber psycho because uh, it's the same mm. principle. There's no game but over that, screen, so we already know that that's not possible, right? You'll have to no, live with your consequences. You know, going down to that, the degradation of the character until reaching you know this. Last points of humanity, this last points of empathy, having one empathy that you are not exactly there, but you are on the verge. That it's a very interesting thing to explore. Mm-hmm. And, well, and uh, 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 let, let me finish, and, I, and I'll, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm I can't, sure. um, I'm taking all the time. But just let me finish this this thing. Exploring that will be very interesting, but in terms of in terms of gameplay, I I have no idea how they can do that. And that's it. Go on, please. Well, I again, this is this is an area that that I've been kind of keeping my eye very closely on because it's like I I don't think that in I don't think V in the scenario that V is in is going to suffer from um, this and have this as a as a problem when it comes to like just everyday upgrades because she or he has a doctor her the the ripper doc who who clearly like cares for them right and you don't you know that ripper doc probably has you know he's probably put you through a lot of tests to figure out exactly where your limit is right Mm -hmm. and they probably especially after like 50 years they probably have developed enough um technology to kind of get a grasp of where your personal limit for you know modifications are and that people who go past it are people who don't have who, who don't have a ripper doc who cares about them or who is you know has a vested interest in them not going insane and murdering everybody right so i think in this case because of of him he's going to prevent that from happening because every time you get an upgrade you're probably going to go to the mm. same guy it's probably going to be the same guy throughout the entirety of the game however within the confines of the story or something like that mm. where V might be forced to like take on some more stuff outside of that kind of scenario that ends up pushing the story forward or something like that yeah. that that might work well, in and then that works in from a narrative standpoint and not from a you know not from a bar on your on your thing where you just go crazy whereas it when you're getting upgrades and stuff you have to monitor you know you have a limit and then you can't push past the limit so that's going to help like with uh, making it so you're not overpowered mm-hmm. in the game, but I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think that's going to have an effect because I think there's going to be a multitude of Ripper docs in the city. We might go to him more frequently than the other ones, but mm-hmm. there's yeah. illegal underground, you know, black market cyberware ones. There's, a, there's a big open world, so I'm guessing yeah. we're gonna be, we're gonna be visiting multiple. I'm right, so I, I don't, I don't think they're gonna the really stuff. care. It's gonna be more on our own onus to keep that in check. He might give you like little hints from. Yeah. The thing, the thing is that Cyberware also, <clears throat> also is going to have an upgrade. We could see uh, Vic had uh, a Kiroshi, the Kiroshi that uh, he implants to be, and then he has an upgrade. And there are a wide variety of uh, of implants that he may not may not have available. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we I, will have think... to go. And on the, and the other thing, and the other thing that you were pointing out, like uh, he cares about her, about V. He's going to. Uh, they develop a technology to notice where is your limit. Uh, no, because cyberpsychosis is a psychological thing, and noting yeah. a psychological thing is not that simple. No, it's in not terms, that simple, in, but it's but it's in terms, not 
hard. Yes, yes, and no, because uh, well, you have uh, you have a friend with uh, I don't know what some sort of mental illness, and uh, the first thing you need to do is uh, convince this friend that uh, has a mental illness and needs a you know needs needs something medical mm-hmm. attention, whatever. This yeah, is not mm-hmm. easy. It's like on who, the other hand, no one the, wants the, to. The fact- I just want to add this one thing. It's like no one ever wants to go to the doctor, right? In real life, no one ever actually wants to go to the doctor. So si- why would somebody, you know, who doesn't feel like they're becoming cyber psychotic want to want to go? It would feel like a waste of time, right? No one wants to go for a checkup yeah. in real life. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of analogous to the real world. Anyways, continue. Sorry. Yes, yeah. that, that that you mentioned, that exactly that you mentioned, the exploding this on the narrative perspective is very interesting. Because mm-hmm. if not, we go to those acts. What happened in in those in those acts? If you went over the limit, you only have had a call of your doctor saying you should stop, and that's it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, uh, so yeah. a couple couple points on this. First of all, um, anybody who's who's a uh, who does like heavy work, whether it's like being a, a an emergency responder or somebody who's in the military or somebody who's in um, you know, in the line of like being a mercenary, a lot of them have a psychologist that they go to see a lot. And the ones who, you know, go crazy or, or have some, you know, personal issues are ones who, who usually end up not going to see that person. So it's, it, that's wrong. I, I, I'm, I'm going to say that that's probably incorrect that we're not playing a psychotic person who's ignoring the, 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 people who are trying to help them like v is v appears to me to be a character who has a network of friends and companions that Mm -hmm. they're working closely with and i don't and i think Mm -hmm. because of that not that cyber psychosis is not something that we'll see in the game it's not something that's going to affect v in the same way that it would affect you know the average joe that she'll encounter inside of one of the gangs or something or on the street or something like that so in in this case what i'm saying is like I think when we're looking at the game and where it's headed, it's because it's still fairly a narrative story and they're telling the story of, of, of this one particular mercenary that there are some things within the world that it's not going to be present for V or for the player to kind of experience, even though they're still very, very real, mm-hmm. but it's just happens to be V's character. I don't think we're going to have, um, unlimited freedom to make your character like a complete psycho and jump off, you know, jump off the, the bridge of insanity just because I, I don't think we're going to see that. Whereas that still exists within the world. It's just within the, the narrative that they're telling with V in this particular moment is mm-hmm. not really what they're, what they're going for. And then as far as um, I'm pretty sure, and this is definitely something I don't know for sure, but I'm going to, I'm going to guarantee you our, primary main ripper doc throughout the entire thing will be the that one guy and that we won't have we won't be going to 10 or 20 different shops throughout the city i think it's gonna it's all gonna come down to that's our main dude and that's aside from like some story stuff mm. that's yeah it. but this, yeah but i don't know about that because, like of course yeah it could be very important for the story but you know of course i think we're gonna have the rest i just hope for two things that number one we start without any cybernetics whatsoever because I think people would actually want, like, for example, if someone wants to go uh, through a game without, you know, having any cybernetics in their body, like uh, from Ghost in the Shell, you I believe Nagusa or someone had. Well, that's, that's something 
that I would kind of add. <coughs> and the second thing would be like for um, upgrades that you mentioned um, for the stuff we already have in our cells. I really enjoyed in The Witcher searching for the upgrades, but, you know, at the same time in Cyberpunk, it would be cool if we had like a place where we could buy that, but at the same time, get a hint or something like that uh, mm-hmm. on a, like they tell us how to steal it. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. If we actually go like into a big corporation or I don't know, somewhere underground and we find a way to steal it, especially if that's high end stuff. Mm. And we've already seen stealing stuff from yeah. back, back for corporations and stuff like that. What do you guys think about like dialogue consequences as, as being kind of the consequence of cyberpsychosis? Maybe they cut off some options or if you get, you know, a little bit too close to the edge, your your options are timed or you have more kind of um, on the edge kind of options in terms of I would love that options. to happen. I would really love that to happen because also inside the lore, there is a very particular way of talking when you are closer to cyberpsychosis. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this would be like using right? like, sorry? It's it's a very may- maybe more aggressive way of, of speaking and that, that has a narrative impact, which they're all about. Yes, so, and yeah. way colder and using the word meet Mac every time. And yes. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to answer that. Let me let me please interrupt you before I, I lose the question, and then sure. and then I'll let mm-hmm. you rest talk. Because this is something about the world building. Chupacabra says, uh, "Do we think they'll implement a new tech that's happening in the world today, like better crops and stuff to clean the atmosphere and land?" Blah blah. The thing is that this is something about the world building. The people who is in power and has the resources to invent all that, they just don't give a shit. If they don't, they can't commercialize it. Mm-hmm. The advancements in in technology for to 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 take care of the planet, like the uh, fuel that Biotechnica invented, the TO two, it's something that Biotechnica developed for economic reasons, not because they cared about the planet. Right. And this this is not because the technology because. They can't, technologically speaking, do that. But because in this universe that is a parody of our universe, the people who are in power just don't give a shit about that. Mm-hmm. In fact, one of the things that caused the crash of the 94 is that all these are environmental disasters and that the government didn't have any plan and any way to, you know, to counterattack all this. Well, there are old there are old cities in the Cyberpunk 2020 lore that are a little bit less savage about how they treat their... Their people, right? It's more gov- it's more government influenced rather than corporation influence as the new cities are. I think. Yeah, I think- but government influence and corporate <laughs> influence is the exact same thing. Yeah, just um, in a different way. Yeah, a tiny, I suppose different way. But yeah, I think I corporations know. are more savage, are they not? When it when it comes yeah. to the new city old old city distinction, and then I think Night City falls into the new, right? So it's kind of a mix. It's like a it's like a blend of everything. Well, usually the old cities uh, tend to have less cooperative presence because uh, corpus like to live in the old cities. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Mm. They have nothing there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, but to go back to the uh, the previous topic for the uh, uh, the narrative and like the dynamic interaction in the dialogue, right? Uh, that's that's really good, especially if. Like, obviously, the game is going to give you various options throughout the dialogue, like we've seen in, 
in the demo where you can decide in an instant of a second, do you want to shoot the guy or do you want to back off a bit? Mm-hmm. And I, I want to see how much is that going to translate from like our uh, stats from our character. Because one thing I really enjoyed in New Vegas, for example, I, I think I said this multiple times, is that if your intelligence is one, you're going to give those answers. <laughs> right. And if, yeah. yeah. So if you want to build your character who is strong but dumb, yeah, that's no, that's actually a great to, point. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah, because that's they have the cool the stat as well too, right? So maybe yeah. you're more cool. That's I think they've said you're more cool under pressure. So you'd probably yeah. have dialogue options that make you, you know, less susceptible to them beating your ass yeah. or whatever. Yeah, right? you just handle situations in a different way. If you're strong, you're going to threaten someone. But if you're smart, mm-hmm. you're going to use your charisma or intelligence. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, it's but I mean it's also at the same time because of the because it's voiced lines, right, from the protagonist, from the main character, because there's a certain uh like narrative and direction of the book. It's not as like it's not like uh Skyrim where you can be a smooth talking Khajiit or you can be <laughs> a a dumber than pile of rocks Nord who who's like just you know epic stupid level it's like it's not um we don't i don't think we'll have that much freedom and flexibility as far as the the general story goes it's more like the you know the more like the commander shepherd route where it's like mm. it's like you 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 have the you know you, you can be smart or you can be stupid you can be you know suave or you can be clumsy but you're you're not you're going to be following um kind of a central narrative and that's where that's really where you know uh, uh, CD Projekt Red excels is is a telling a you know a really enhancing narrative. Um, I was just going over one of the expansions uh, or one of the main quest expansions for um, The Witcher, and it was just like wow, you know this this story is a whole lot more meaningful than people first realize, um, and it's just it's just there's so much more depth to it than you know, than, than you get in a lot of other games. Even when it's a complete narrative story ripped off of some book or, or something like that, it's like, no, there's actual, like, real meat here in the game. And you get this so very rarely with, with most of the games that we're getting these days because, you know, because the, the concept of narrative games don't don't make people money. I don't, I don't right. Like, I have yet to see any proof of this. In general, which is part of my I, part of why I get so annoyed with the industry in general, it's like there's lots of things that they assume. It's like you know, mm-hmm. graphics are number one, followed by gameplay. And it's like, no, I've I've never seen, I have never ever seen any other person ever put put graphics as number one, aside from like a very small, minute amount of the players. The players have always wanted gameplay to be number one. Um, never graphics. That's why people are still playing all those old games like Skyrim and like TF2 and stuff like that. They don't care about the graphics. It's all about the gameplay, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so it's kind of stupid to kind of look at that and assume, which is why CDPR is, you know, and they are, they're very brilliant, brilliantly coming at this from wanting to write a really good narrative that's going to get you interested in the world, you know. and that's, I think, that's going to be where where we're going to see the, this game's strong point is going to be, although it's much more free than, you know, Gerald in mm-hmm. the Witcher games, it's way more free. You know, the fact right. that you can 
choose a race or sorry choose the different sex is is immediately is going to make the game you know far more accessible to a lot more people because it's mm. it's something that that allows you to put yourself into the the role far more there's you know there's very few things that i connect with um less than than a a uh, uh an older long-haired white Guy. It's like, <laughs> I like, feel that I, I, I am an older white guy, so that there's you know that it's not something that I necessarily want to connect with when I'm playing a game. I, you know, some people more or less either way, right? So, you know, but that's the kind of thing that that's already setting them apart, and that's going to be cool. That's going to be awesome. That's going to take the game in a in a really good direction. But mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to walk away from their amazing ability to tell really impactful stories, like really really impactful stories. And it's so crazy because everybody's journey is going to be so much different, right? It's going to be a lot yeah. less linear than even The Witcher 3, which mm-hmm. doesn't really mm-hmm. strike you as something that's linear to begin with, but like so many more options on top of that, which is absolutely insane. True. Yeah. And also one thing that I really enjoyed from Mass Effect is also Witcher had that, I think, yeah, Witcher had that, is to basically, if if they, and believe they will, make this a trilogy, um, to have like to import your character from 2077 onto the next game, especially if uh, some of the choices you made, not the big ones like you made the the Witcher, but no more personal ones. Yeah, uh, that, that you would go be through awesome. Stories. Yeah, that would be awesome. That, I like that idea. That's yeah, I enjoy that so much in Mass. I think Mark Jackson had a great comment in the in the chat here. The most important feature of graphics is probably facial realism. I can agree with that. Especially mm-hmm. in a narrative-driven story, you need to kind of get that emotion out of someone's face. Yeah. So that's a, that would be the main, that would be a strong aspect to have, which I think they've had already. Roy, mm-hmm. Royce looked phenomenal. Yeah, it, was, it was really well done, especially like, and that's, that's how you actually connect with the characters at the end of the day. Like exactly. if someone is, is not in sync or their mouth are not, you know, or their entire face is not mm-hmm. really There's a big disconnect. Saying what there. they're saying, yeah, big yeah. disconnect, exactly. Yeah. I think that helps in immersion a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. We also had a question about exotic. <laughs> Which exotics are we going? Yeah. Probably claws. If if they're available. Yeah. You know, there was a part of the demo where we're walking down the red light district and we can hear some like meows and stuff in the background. So that kind of hints at us being able to see exotics. I don't know if we'll be able to incorporate them because it... Again, I think we talked about this in one of the previous podcasts about the animations and like changing the heights and stuff would be kind of a challenge based off of animations. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that's going to play out. Yeah. Yeah. Body sculpting is probably not going to be that to that extent, like to increase their height. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's something that like we've mentioned before is like within the lore, there's almost literally an unending number of things that you can do with your body. You can do some really crazy stuff. This doesn't, while it's still lore, and while it's still canon, it doesn't translate into making the game because you can't give as many of those options to people as they necessarily would like. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is funny because I'm just... uh, So two things that popped up on my um, modding news... uh, which which are both interesting. One is for Sekiro. Uh, people have modded um, Shrek in as one of the enemies within the game. <laughs> so you're yeah, Shrek. That's awesome. And then the other one is in Fallout 4. They have modded in a whole race, like a whole classification you go through, and you can change like crazy number of options 
to be uh, a full-on anime character. Like, really, really well done. Like, it looks like... It looks like... Really they, need, they, need, <laughs> they need to mod in Donald Trump to Cyberpunk 2077 so I can whoop his ass. <laughs> so, so this is, this is like, overall, it's like, this is where modding will come in and give us these options, I think, like, with, with tails and cat ears and and all kinds of crazy things. And like, if you want to extend your skull to be like, you know, twice as big then I mean, you know, go ahead. Yeah. Right. Like, like all this kind of crazy stuff, it'd be nice, but unfortunately they're limited by the amount of like technology that a lot of this stuff requires. And the fact that you just, you know, just having these scripts, not necessarily being used on any character at the moment, just having them active within the system still mm. does bog down the system in general. So it's like, you know, I keep running into this problem in, in Fallout and Skyrim where, you know, what, I've loaded in, a, you know, 250,000 an- new animations and I can't load in anymore because the game can't take it? What is this? Insanity? Like, seriously. So that's, you know. Yeah, I think mod support would uh, and, be And huge. it'll get lesser and lesser as, as time goes on. So, you know. Well, there's still, like, what? Yeah. You said last time there's, like, 40,000 40, people still playing Skyrim and it's based all on mods, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. the vast majority of it is still like the the main reason why is because they're playing mods, because they're playing um, making the game different, making the game more interesting, making the game you know a new experience, and that and that that still keeps on you know driving a massive economy uh, of of mods, of creations, of unique cool things, and it's just it's just pretty it's pretty cool in general, and it's like that's that's always good to have and that's always good to see as it you know becomes more and more um connected with what we with what we're expecting from future games and and mm-hmm. and giving players the ability to have this like diversity amongst what they what they want to play and that's something that's like I, I, I still can't get over that like i want to experience you know as many things as i possibly can within my games Mm-hmm. that cater especially to like the finite things that I really really want to and you get that when you incorporate modding and and that's nothing but a, it yields nothing but a positive result overall especially for like long term retention yeah even what it keeps the game alive exactly. it makes it go forward exactly mm-hmm. when the devs are busy like working on an expansion or something like that there is like this you know this place in like a year when there is nothing new no updates no Expansions, then you know mods could be great, like a great filler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they even yeah, and so that, and that's why I hope I I really hope and I really think that we might see some tools for it, but mm. it depends on on what their follow up game is. If the follow up game is something to do in the cyberpunk universe, there's eh, probably a little bit less of a chance of that. Yeah, um, if they're going for more of a one off, that's okay. But I, I really, I really don't think they're doing that. I really, really doubt that they're doing that. I think what they're going for um, is is a series, um, and I think they're going to have more and more and more games coming out uh, at a much faster rate than, than mm-hmm. what happened before. Was was it not mentioned? I, I don't remember where it was, but it was vaguely mentioned that this could be a trilogy of some. Yes, yeah, who that's said been, that? Alan uh, Kaczynski said that oh. in a con- in a conference in an investors conference mm-hmm. last year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that they were aiming to make. He didn't say trilogy, but he said that there would be more sequels. than one. Yeah, sequels. Yeah, mm-hmm. it makes sense if you create a world, you know, this big, and you 
have all these assets and you have all these ideas. And they got tired of The Witcher, so why not explore this throughout a course of like, I don't know what, 10 years or lesser, depending on how much it takes for them. Yeah. I'm glad they doubled down on the maturity as well. They're they're jumping from a mature game to a mature game. I think we have enough Fortnites in the market right now that, you know, we need, some, we need <laughs> yeah. something with, yeah. it's got some adult vibes to it. So that's good. Yeah, true. Well, I don't know if you heard about this game called Subverse. But I did. If you want some developments. <laughs> Isn't that the now. biggest crowdfunded or Kickstarter campaign for a game? Like ever? No, no, it's, it's, it's. It's the biggest adult one. Um, oh, I see, I see. They've raised tons and tons of more money for other more mainstream games, but this is the biggest like adult one that's ever had fun crowdfunding. Mm. I think one mm-hmm. of the other ones had received about I think like two, three hundred thousand, um, right. and that one fell apart. So yeah, well, there yeah. is demand for that, obviously. Yeah, there's big demand. Uh, there's also another game called Wildlife that's coming out. Um, we've been talking to the devs with that one too, and it's like. It's like the people are interested in this stuff. You know, they, those guys are making. They haven't done a crowdfunding, um, like big, like a Kickstarter type thing. But their their Patreon pulls in like last I checked, it was like just under fifty grand a month or something like that. It's it's ridiculous how much people are actually Damn. interested in in getting access to a game that and and with wildlife, it's not it's that's not the core of the game. You know, with subverse it's, it's basically just that and it's just that to a point where you're not going to be able to play it online whereas yeah. wildlife mm-hmm. is like it's only the adult content is only like one of the seven pillars to their game like exploration building crafting story like it's all part of of what they're building on um and you know that this that's pretty cool uh mm-hmm. as far as like you know giving people more options because mm-hmm. why would that ever be a bad thing Oh, Subverse actually raised 1.6 million? Uh, two, 2 million USD, uh, 1.6, 1.7 in... Uh, yeah, pounds. Uh, oh, my. Yeah. That's, that's insane. Didn't they have trouble? They had trouble, right, for... Uh, was it for trailer or was it for something else? I forgot. Uh, so, well, we spoke with... Uh, we, we did speak with the, one of the head guys there. We had an interview that went up on our channel. Um, so they've had, uh, they got kicked off of Patreon for, mm-hmm. <laughs> for making too many graphic scenes of, of an adult level content. Um, and they've had some, like, they've had a lot of people like trying to like snipe them out and take them out for, you know, insert why you're upset about anime <laughs> or animated Jiggle physics or whatever it's like just insert whatever reason you want and there's like a lineup of people who are constantly taking shots at them from anything and everything so you know is this, a, is this already been rated as adults only or is the rating oh, still yeah. pending oh, yeah. no no yeah? This, yeah. Is, this is like uh, because we spoke to them and we asked them I'm like are you going to make like a, a version that you can stream like you know Age of Conan mm-hmm. um, that kind of like Minecrafty type game um you know, it's got an option, and they've they've got servers where the nudity is turned on or off, and that way, as a streamer, you can stream the game to you know general kid audiences and not have anything you know ban worthy come up. Uh, but they they informed us that no, no, there is uh, there is definitely um, n- no space of the game where that is not going to be present. Yeah, as a constant. So I, even, I, even in 
even in the space flighting space flight stuff, there's going to be like all kinds of stuff. I think if nudity is an aspect of it and it's more mature or whatever, then that's fine. But if it's the whole game revolves yeah. around it, it's like that's not really something that interests me. But I, I mean, I guess the crowdfunding or whatever says otherwise, which is interesting. Yeah, but for Cyberpunk, it of course makes sense. And right, it's thing. narrative. I, I know right. people have been like, there is uh, one nude scene at the beginning of the demo when you know V mm-hmm. picks it up, mm-hmm. and people have been like, oh, we can't show that, like. I don't know. I, I have nothing against this. Again, I know that the YouTube and Twitch have been... You know what's funny, though? Like, on, <sighs> on my videos that I've shown with the exposed breasts and stuff, I, I yeah. think maybe one has been demonetized out of, like, maybe 50 or whatever. So I don't think they find it a big deal unless they haven't been actively looking mm-hmm, at it. Because mm-hmm. the no, entire well, demo is well, on, that, on YouTube. Yeah, the other thing is that the, the YouTube understands that there's nudity in the video. Maybe it's a, the, the algorithm didn't pick that up. Maybe I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. Every, every time I put I put the the uh, Sandra Dorset scene on a video, I have it demonetized. Really? Every time? Yes. What? It, it depends on who's reporting the channel as well. Because if you have people, more people trying to report your channel for stuff, that that can kind of happen. And then whether or not you get onto a watch list or not, like it's. It's really messed up because the standard is not applied. Evenly. Yeah, it's not consistent. It's, it's not, it's well, not I had I had a video that monetized just for saying. Well, cuss words, hmm? cuss words is. Uh... I had a video that monetized. Well, the only the monetization blah blah thing. <laughs> well, was the word the word blowjobs? That was the only thing that was. Yeah, I think they're hypersensitive about like bad words and stuff, but like yeah, less but... so about nudity in my experience, at least. The, the BJ word is one that really flags it off, so so you know, try not to say that one on YouTube. And then there's a couple. But that's that's really that's so fucked up because you can you can say dick and then there's no problem. Yeah, but dick is also the name of like a, a metric ton of people as well because. Dick well, is no, like now that you mention it, that's not true exactly because I uh, in the description of the video about William Gibson, I said that I was going to talk about Philip K. K. Dick, dick and yeah. it appeared to like. Uh, like a word that I shouldn't use. Mm. Yeah, but they, it, you can you can counter that one. Like you can you can message him and be like, "Excuse me, I was talking about somebody's name." It's like, how yeah, but you, the fact that you have to message somebody is kind of. Well, yeah, no, that's that's, <laughs> that's annoying because once again, it's like it's not applied. And if the rules were clear, they should give us a handbook. And yeah, if it came in a handbook that that only changed once every three years, that'd be great. But right now, it's like it changes every month. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, or, or sometimes multiple times a month. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can say something, okay, that's today, and then it's worthy of getting you banned off the platform entirely tomorrow. It's like, wow, that mm-hmm. that just went from one extreme to another really, really quickly. Yeah. It's like, good lord. And they don't provide updates. They do that. It's always like someone, someone experiences that. It goes onto Twitter. More people uh, talk about it, and it's out, and then they're like, oh, yeah, "We we posted this like mm-hmm. five days ago." Mm-hmm. I don't know, like my my Dead Island videos, for example, all have been demonetized because of the word yeah. "dead." Yeah, and I'm like, and if you want, we're giving, we're giving extra extra neon, you know, because he will need to edit every all this conversation out. You know because what? Because if he uploads the video with all this, it's you know what? It's easy. already it's already dead in the water. I'm not even worried about it. <laughs> 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 just just keep just keep talking. It's all good. 
<laughs> yeah, because I already said blowjobs like five times. Yeah, say it again. Say it five more. Let's get let's get it all out there. Let's get it double demonetized. I gotta start paying them to upload this video. <laughs> the the biggest concern to me is that because it's not applied like universally because it's kind of weird and i mean like just this 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 week with the whole facebook thing it's been like wow okay some of those people didn't break the the rules on the site at all period like you can't point to a scenario in which they broke the rule you can only point to a scenario where off of the platform they are reported to you know have some some general ideas that that are not something that everybody is okay with in the whole entire universe it's like well congratulations you know mm-hmm. i i really like i really like cheese on my jam with toast or on my toast with jam like taking a slice of like swiss cheese putting it on some raspberry jelly on a piece of toast that's pretty bloody awesome i know a lot of people who is that think a that's thing just disgusting <laughs> And and for the, so is is there going to be a day where I, you know I'm kicked off because of that? It's like can we please like not? Yeah, it's it's really stressful. It's really frustrating. But YouTube is our modern anyways, day yeah. megacorp. This reminds me. This reminds me. That's why we're the Avengers. Happened? Anyways, continue. Sorry. <laughs> remember, remember what happened with? Uh, oh, what was this web where people post uh, uploaded there a lot of uh, fan fiction? I'm um, not safe for work content. Tumblr? Oh. Was Tumblr? <laughs> Tumblr? Yeah, Tumblr is. Tumblr, the one yeah, Tumblr. Like that. yeah. The one that got, that got recently bought by Verizon and they changed the rules and wanted to to make it family friendly and lost uh, more than half of its current users. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was now, Tumblr. Was Tumblr. I think that's now Tumblr. No, Pornhub wants to buy it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, have a, I have a bit of a personal story with that so uh back a few years ago but back a few years ago i worked with a particular game that became the top trending uh game on tumblr and it was not a uh family-friendly game let's just say that and we used that to sell a ton of copies to the game like well over a million dollars worth of of, um, of profits from the game, and that also appeared at the time where Tumblr was quite new and wasn't really getting anywhere. And this drew in a lot of like a lot of like a ton of support. They've gone they've gone through and deleted every single one of those things. It's like we helped you build your company from nothing. Like we were the top trending thing. Um, I think by a factor of the top four other categories on the website. So for, for a period of time, it was about a month. We controlled the entire, we controlled the, the main um, story. And, and now I'm giving too much information. People are going to be able to figure this out. Um, I, we gave you enough boost to actually become an actual platform. And then you've like, not that we care now because we don't, none, none of us are involved with the project anymore. So it's, 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 it's done it's made its money etc but it's like that just that level of like treatment and disgust it's like oh you helped us build our company but now we just you know now you need to be gone because um you have uh, animated um boobies it's like great thanks cool that that's you know that's that's fair right that's that's even-handed that's uh that's something that that can be uh 
uh, utilized for for general public. Like, the good god, it's so frustrating. That is pretty malicious. Oh, oh, it's it's malicious. It's malicious and it's controlling, and that's the thing that's really scary. That's where that's where we're actually getting to be like Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Yes, we're actually headed there. Congratulations, yep. everybody. Yeah, I was actually thinking content. about that today. Like how much I love tech, but at the same time, I love how it's connected with like a dystopian world. Mm-hmm. And the first one, you know, you're a kid. You're like, oh, I want. You know, spaceships and everything is all dandy fine. But then when you think about this, cyberpunk is way more fun. <laughs> yeah, because it's like more grounded in reality, yeah. right? This is like... We got that's... used to it. We live in that world. So you don't yeah. expect good things to happen. Exactly. Indeed. Yeah. So, well. we jump to yet another topic. I had like we could discuss about ratings. I guess we we've already kind of talked about maturity and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. there, there, I also wrote down here potential for is this gonna is this game gonna take FPS skill? And then I guess if we have any questions in the chat that are outstanding or that are particularly yeah. particularly impactful, then we'll address those. Um, well, let me just very briefly answer the FPS skills. Mm-hmm. Um, the gameplay has changed a lot, a mm-hmm. lot. There's going to be way more focus on companions and skills and stealth. Uh, it's really going to get shown off in the next trailer here. So um, don't look at what is out and right. think that that's going to be the basis of the game. I mean, it's still a shooter, right? Mm-hmm. But it's going to be, it's going to have some differences. It's going to have some pretty cool stuff. Right. Mm. So in terms of movement abilities as well, or I, I guess that would stay relatively similar right the mechanics of the shooting it would was stay. already yeah it was pretty it was already like pretty slidey like you mm. you'd like mm. slide and, and go through windows and stuff like that pretty quickly and jump too like um she could jump like really high so yes yeah so i i think i think none of that's gonna change all that much i think that's gonna mm. be pretty much where it where it is i think you might be able to wall climb um this is going off of what i can guesstimate having knowing who's working on on what aspects of the game wall climbing was already kind of sort of a thing but i think they're going to make it so that it's going to be even like bigger because it's awesome. like it's like mm-hmm. that would be that would just be so fun is to like yeah you know, yeah what was that one movie where they could like reverse gravity and they'd be on the roof and like shooting down at the the enemies below it's like that's something that we might see so i think a lot of people were like were asking me in comments like even way back in the day can, can we take the mantis blades and like scale a building i think maybe not but that would be so cool mm-hmm. that'd be so then cool. then we'll have the problem with gravity gravity the worst, <laughs> enemy, the worst enemy in a Zelda project red game ah uh, yes yes didn't we talk about it like if we have like the cyber limbs in our legs yeah yeah, fall yeah, down, yeah we take reduced damage yeah, that that's okay. That's yeah, fine. but if you if you fall down the whole building because uh, if you are going to scale up uh, and you have a lot of uh, the buildings are very vertical, depending on what size, there is no damage to reduce. I mean, not even yeah. the trauma team can save yeah. you. <laughs> like a big splatter down there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about that dread. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, dread. Yeah. Ah yes. Where she falls down the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great scene. Uh, we also had a lot of questions about Cyberpunk Red, uh, about the release. 
They're aiming, didn't they say they were aiming for like August 1st? Yeah. Yes. But it's not like the final, final release. It it's might change. The, it's supposed to be the final release, but you know how these things work. I mean, yeah. I mean, video games are not the only games. That's- mm-hmm. So, yes, I, yeah, they get corrections, yeah. Yeah, they are working on that as fast as they can, but I guess that they want they want to have it ready for the for the mm-hmm. con. I also I also got a question about the uh, how the, the the digital and the physical release they're gonna have full color. Uh, I think hard book, hard copy, yeah, yeah, hard copy. Sorry, they just released a FAQ the other yeah. day, so they kind of yeah, yeah, and, they, and they're they, gonna have the digital one. Yeah, I think they specifically, yeah, the digital one for sure. And they specifically yeah. also mentioned that uh, the Cyberpunk Red is actually the period following the fourth corporate war, and it's in 2022, I believe. So we already kind of knew that, but nice mm. to know. Right. Yes, I believe the, the game, the game that they that they explained was set in the 30s. In red, you're talking about? Yes, in red. No, he he did specify in. He did. Yes, in the blog post where Jay was talking about uh, the the game that they were playing, he said that it was set in the 30s. Oh, I don't remember if he, he specified the year, but the, the decade was the 30s. Ah, well, it makes sense. Like, of course, we're gonna again still in 77. We're gonna have a a big jump in technology, but. It's mm-hmm. going to be cool to find out what happened actually after the uh, the end of fourth corporate war. Yeah. Well, like how... that... oh, excuse me, go on. Yeah, they also I think they also mentioned like uh, they're going to show how humanity coped with like the world in well the world in chaos and how they you know yeah. got out of it. I think that this is going to be the point where it's like somewhat rebuilt, rebuilt, and then there's going to be some sort of other cataclysmic event that threatens mm-hmm. you know 2077 whether that's a technology based event or otherwise because like the weather and all that stuff is pretty messed up at, at this point too right mm-hmm. yeah the other thing the other thing they were talking about what well, story we're talking about is that uh it's not completely destroyed like it was in the third edition and actually the that exploded in the cold red sensor didn't do much damage mm-hmm. in the whole city and uh that's that's kind of fucked up because I wanted to see the reconstruction of Night City, mostly to see the underground part of the city after you know the reconstruction that uh, with the nanobots that they didn't clean completely clean the ground before starting to build. So they built the mega city on top of the old city. And on the third edition, there was an underground part that was so cool, and I was looking forward to see that on the game. But now it's discontinued, <laughs> and the bomb did yes, that's a, that's the bad part. And uh, which which is quite confusing because because at some point uh, was this official information that uh, the map the map was big upwards and downwards. Like wait mm-hmm. wait down that what does downwards mean in that context? <laughs> because if, if the underground part has has been discontinued, then uh, what are we going to? It'd be underwater see? as well. I I don't think the underground part and the ruins of the city have been discontinued. I think they've been. Um, just not made to be as present throughout the entirety of the of the map. Like no, no, no. Uh, he's been he's been he's been discontinued. I mean, this this happened in the third edition. In the third edition, German this German scientist goes to Night City and finds a way to rebuild the city using nanobots. 
And these nanobots think, well, because as they didn't clean the city, they started to build on top of the old night city. And then this is third edition. This happens yes, yes, in the yes, third yes, edition. Yes, it's but, what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is, is that just because that aspect of the story has been killed off doesn't mean that there's not ruins and, and um, underground areas mm-hmm. within the existing city. It's just that one aspect of that particular story has been um, kind of like shelved. Whereas the like, whereas there is still places that you can go that are mm-hmm. not safe for people. I mean, mm-hmm. we already know that we're having that, but it's just a matter of where and exactly how much versus how it was before. And they said, I'm not sure if I'm following you here because you mean ruins like the ruins that, that you were going to find in Pacifica because the, the this part of the city went to hell. I mean, this I understand that, but ruins below the city, Night City, was a new city. There wasn't anything before they started to build Coronado City. So, if unless they find, <clears throat> unless between the 30s and 2077 something happens that they have to rebuild the city again, there is no excuse in the law to have this underground in ruins. No, of course there is, because there's already ruins and underground sections to major cities that are not not. that are not accessible. I mean, I even live in a city where there's big sections of underground area that have been abandoned. It's a common thing with cities, period. It's not... The the, the fact of them existing in that way is not reliant solely on the one story that was in 2030. No, but what I mean is that we know the whole story about the construction of City. But but and, they've, and they've also exist. Like, they've also said like that they're rejumbling the timeline though, right? On the ruins of the previous one. Like Sorry? even in New York City, you have tons of underground stuff that's abandoned that's not there. I mean, Paris, you have uh, you you've got it lasting for over a thousand years. Yes, but it's not city. I mean, it's not a building that was abandoned and built over. It's underground part like the metro stations, things like that, but not mm-hmm. the city. I think he's talking about no, just no, no, ruins, this... ruins or undergrounds in general, not specific to them, them yes, re- I, I, rebuilding over. I was talking specifically about about uh, abandoned buildings that uh, became to be underground because they were built over, not underground parts like um, abandoned metro stations or things like that, or sewers. But the city, it, it was cool. It was cool because it was a city underground, the city. Yeah. Oh, but they've uh, also uh, rejumbled some other ground. They've rejumbled the timeline too, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, so I mean, they, it's still, it, it, nothing it's, is for certain. It, there's still a lot of stuff that we've yet to see. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we Lucas also, we also. Uh, sorry, let me just answer this question real quick. Lucas yeah. Tepper is asking a question, and the answer to that is yes. <laughs> That's incredible. Thank you. That is all. We also had an interesting <laughs> question from Ali. Like he. Asked if uh, like the success of Cyberpunk is going to help you know smaller Cyberpunk games get more traffic, which I definitely think yes, because in, it, it introduces more people to the genre, and of course, and I've seen more and more like indie games, like Cyberpunk indie games are being announced, they're being worked on, and hopefully that's going to like uh, push even you know more developers to do it because this is definitely a subgenre that should be explored more. And hopefully, which I definitely stand behind it, if Cyberpunk is successful, which I of course is going to be, but if it even becomes bigger than they anticipated, of course that's going to uh, boost the traffic. Mm. And it should. So yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Who's typing this time? It's not me. <laughs> it's Seb. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you have anything else to ask in the chat, feel free to do it. Someone was asking before about the relation... Uh, what what kind of characters were we going to play, and if we were going to play under a certain sense of morality? And I think that's a good question because morality in this, in this world yeah. works very different than in the real mm. world. Not only because the the things that are normalized the change, but also because uh, they they. So the project explained explained about that some some someone in development did explain that the. Sometimes you think you are doing something good, but the consequences are going to be bad for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I believe that's very interesting. Yeah, like a, a, you know, being a hero kind of a thing. You're a hero to some people, but you attract some attention from people that want to remove you, people that you bother. I feel like well, not, only, not only that, when you, when you do something uh, for the good of someone, maybe it's your perception of good, but you're not really yes. doing good to uh-huh. this person. Are you gonna? I think with most people on most of their playthroughs, I don't want to generalize, but I think they they try to make it as accurate to their own personality as possible, so they stand by their own personal morals. And mm-hmm. then for alternate playthroughs, they do like you know evil playthroughs or whatever. That's the way I do it. Yeah, actually, most people play out um, their idea of uh, of a opposite like a hero that they have not not necessarily Mm. opposite but like they they play something that is that in some aspects is very abnormal to their personality but something Mm. that they usually attach to a particular character or uh like like a lot of people are going to play skyrim um and play it as if they were like Arya stark right so or like a lot of people want to make their characters reminiscent of Geralt, i guess so Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's just it puts you like, how would I act if I was in this world? If I yeah. was in this situation? Exactly. And like sometimes you're just gonna go like, okay, this playthrough, I don't care about people. I'm just going to do everything for myself. I'm going to kill everyone. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, but usually, like for my first playthrough at least, I I tend to have some no morals <laughs> as I well, play I, through it. I really wonder what morals mean in this game, yeah. because you, you say you you play <clears throat> excuse me you play according to your own morals, and everybody mm-hmm. wants to believe they are a good person, even if yes. they are not. And that even that even starts at the character creation screen because you can pick a uh, childhood hero, right? So are you going to pick a yes. corporate god who is like probably massacred people, or are you going to pick like a rebel who's fighting the good fight, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe that yeah, might but have... that's. Influence. What, what is what is the good fight? I mean, uh, do you remember Star Wars when they blow the Death Star, the second one? There were a lot mm-hmm. of workers that working in the one working in the construction of the Death Star, mm-hmm. and the rebels mm-hmm. just killed everybody. Yeah. Is that the good fight? So fighting you know? fighting the good fight is saving yourself, right? So saving yourself and not trying yeah. to impact other people in negative ways. That's what they've saving referenced. Saving people that believed the same way that you do. <laughs> so yeah. I, I have a I have a story that I tell every once in a while about uh, my sky. Skyrim playthroughs. I never, I'm never a mass murderer in Skyrim unless it's like the game goes to hell and it's really buggy and I realize that I'm, I'm going to have to like abandon it. Then I'll just kill everything immediately around me and then quit out. But <laughs> I play with these like mods that make the game super hard, super difficult, and make it so that any like crime 
that that you commit that's above like just general stealing is like it's a permanent thing so it's like if you kill somebody from one town that town is going to hunt you down and they're going to execute you if they you can't buy your way out of it you're you're oh, going, no. you know you're you're permanently put on the the list you know the quote unquote list and so um, I play with all these other like hardcore, like super realistic functions. So you got to be like really sneaky and really careful because otherwise, you know, if you get killed, then you're, you're gone. Um, and I would, I, I saw this one guy walking with an ax and I was like, Oh, that looks like he's going to be a, you know, he's looks like he's a bandit. I'm in a bandit area. And I'm like, okay, I can take this guy out. I can totally take this guy out. So I get my longbow out. Longbow damage is like through the roof. So it's like one shot usually kills shoot him arrow perfectly lands right in his neck and he falls down and then i hear daddy no <laughs> in the corner is like you are now wanted for murder and i'm like well there goes this there You're goes done this now. game <laughs> so i i never i never play um as a murdering psychopath because of the the my own moral kind of compass it's like i i just i don't i still like doing that but i like making it like the harder, the better it would be preferable. Yeah. Well, I, I'm very, I'm very violent in video, violent in life. Does that count like not playing like your moral, personal moral compass? Mm-hmm. Mm. I'd play yeah, like Robin the, Hood. I think the old question: Do video games make people violent? Yeah, it's 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 fun. It's entertainment. <laughs> Doesn't mean someone's gonna go and do stuff that they well, do in cyberpunk well, outside. I've seen, I've seen, I mean, luck in games that made me really violent. I've seen glitches in games that made me really violent. <laughs> Lagging makes me violent. It's not video games, it's lag. Exactly. I, it's like, you were going to say something, Ian? Um, I don't think so. Oh, I thought, uh, I thought you were, you were starting to talk and I interrupted. Sorry. Mm-mm. I was going to say, I was going to say as far as like romance options, I always pick my you know my favorite waifu or yes yeah, you stick old, it out you stick it out with one and I, you gotta I, ride I, or I die in cyberpunk <laughs> yeah yeah just never 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 go the other way it's like in, in mass effect it's like i never knew that there was an option to try for a threesome in the first game <laughs> never knew that because i was like i was like solid to the core the whole time and then somebody was like yeah, that threesome op- option was pretty hilarious, and I was like, oh. <laughs> "Wow!" Yeah, immediately started really? a new file to find it. <laughs> no, no, I just watched a YouTube video of it. Oh. <laughs> like, yeah, I, couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to flirt with two people at the same time. It's like it's just. It's, there you go. Your moral doesn't compass work. doesn't allow doesn't you to function. Yeah, I don't even know what how to flirt with one. <laughs> how the fuck am I going to flirt with two? Well, that, that yeah, that also plays into a problem. So. Uh. Tyler actually said in the comments, collateral damage is undesired, but inevitable. Ah, that's where the, true. the moral compass is blurred. Well, I remember oh, yeah. when I was playing the this one too, that uh, uh, every, time, uh, every time you finished uh, uh, a level, you were told that if you killed a lot of people, then the uh, ending would be darker and darker. So you tried to not kill anybody. <laughs> but the problem is that enemies didn't want to collaborate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm, I think that's an interesting thing with when it comes to endings too. Like there, yeah. I'm assuming there's going to be so many more endings than The Witcher Three, but I think I would like. This is my personal idea. I don't know if it's been implemented, but if there was like a small section of like 
quote unquote happy endings, and then the like vast majority of them, vast majority of them were like depressing ones. And you'd have to really dial in your more morality choices and your dialogue choices, and that would kind mm-hmm. of play into that. I think that would be cool. I don't know how that'd be implemented, but I'd like to see that. Now you reminded you, you reminded me of an interview William Gibson. He was asked why did he treat his character so well. And he always says that you think that it's a happy ending doesn't mean it's a happy ending. Right. Yeah. Because well, maybe right. in the end, uh, he got married and the marriage goes uh-huh. super bad. Well, maybe maybe endings with more happy implications, not like outright telling you. It's always, I think, <laughs> endings shrouded in mystery are always cool. But uh, the implications behind it, maybe, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I see. Oh, yes. Hollywood ending, you mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually, oh, yes. like, first time I played The Witcher, I actually got, like, the worst possible ending for so the game. Like, so did I. It, I yeah, so did I. It's because you were too <laughs> nice with Siri. You weren't strict enough with her, right? So that's like a... Uh, no, no, I think if you are strict, uh, if, you're, um, if you deny her everything, then uh, actually you get the worst. Oh, is that how it worked? Yeah, I think so. Because I was, like, I, I was trying to be protective. She was like, I want to go fight. Uh, the wild humble. I'm like, no. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I was doing too. Yeah, yeah. I think there was multiple hinges to that that thing. It wasn't just one ah. dialogue option. It was like a multitude of them. And there was like branching, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. you spend all your life training her, then you don't let her fight. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I think this means you guys are a bunch of white knights. We're, we're, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're wussies, yes. Listen, we're gonna change that up in cyberpunk. Are right? you? Yeah, you change that up. And like the second time, like through my second playthrough, because when I realized how strong she actually is, like from those uh, little segments of the game where you play a series, I'm like, yeah, yeah, go fight. I'll sit down. <laughs> She's going to handle the, the white thrust anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you have to let her fight. You've yeah. been training her for that, for fuck's sake. <laughs> now you want me to play. Uh, we're overprotective, right? Sorry? Yeah. I said we're just overprotective. That's how we were. Yes, yes, you were overprotective. And and to someone who you who your character who you trained all her life to be a fighter. Yeah. <laughs> and a survivor. And then the moment that she, she, she proved everything that she learned from you, mm-hmm. you deny her that? <sighs> Kinda cruel, eh? Hey? That's why we got this ending. <laughs> yeah. We learned. Now we now learned. we know, yeah, we learned. <laughs> now we know better. <laughs> Not yeah, only we'll that, see. because she, she, she gets frustrated and what happens. And, uh, and I, I, maybe maybe we should change the subject because uh, this may be a spoiler for someone uh, watching this. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> but no, like, uh, while, while we're talking about, you know, companions and friends, like, I, I really want to see some, some connection, like, of course, there's going to be a connection, but I want to see this bonding of Lee and Jackie and other characters of just, you know, mm-hmm. you know, being friends and being comrades in, in, in fight. Yeah. Especially, yeah. Well, as I'm yeah, single as fuck, I'm going to spend all the game trying to get to bed everybody that I can. And the awesome <laughs> thing is our companions, like, we're, we're kind of set in the Netrunner techie and solo. It's our, our companions can be pretty much anything, right? We, we, we've already had T-Bug, who's a Netrunner. Jackie is presumably a solo, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. And then we can have, you know, maybe rocker boys and stuff like that as companions, which would be awesome because we get more mm-hmm. in-depth in mm-hmm. coverage of those those classes. 
Yes, because also the rest of the classes, what, what is, uh, this is something that wasn't clear to me on the demo, is that if you can command your companion to do things. I think Sib was saying that. Have... Sorry? I think uh, Sib was saying that last time that you they're implementing yeah, that. Week. Yeah. So the, from really? what, I've, what, what I've gathered is that's a big, um, that's a big part of the stuff that they've worked on in the last year. Um, previously, there was like, one or two small commands that we saw in the trailer, um, but there wasn't very much else other than the fact that Jiggy was just kind of like auto follow and would just auto engage all the time. But I think we're going to see a lot more commands and we're going to see a lot more like pre planning because that that's something that makes that's something that will take the game from a difficult game to uh, and, and increase the skill ceiling on it when you can like plan and rely on your companions more you're going to be able to do more stuff other than just it being like you know a doom shooter is not the same as like you know playing on nightmare difficulty on um mass effect uh two or three uh especially three mm. had some like insane level difficulty especially in the multiplayer where it's like you get one inch too close to one enemy and they'll do like an auto execute on you and, and and then you're like done um the skill ceiling gets higher the more you can coordinate with your teammates and that's something that i've heard from multiple sources and we can confirm from uh their hiring positions over the last year that they've really increased the amount of companion even before um before the E3 trailer, there was a lot of like this time last year, there was a lot of hiring for companion related stuff. And then that finished up uh, shortly after um, the E3 event. So I think they got pretty much what they needed, but that wasn't, that wasn't um, uh, represented in the build that we saw. We, we saw basically the E3 build just cleaned up a little bit more. Uh, I think what we'll see this time around, what we're going to be seeing in just a few more months is going to be pretty epic. Sorry, I'm uh, yeah. Yeah, what is it, like I'm 35 days my... till E3? Yeah. Getting closer. More info, please. Getting there. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the... I'm wondering what are they going to show? Are they going to show more story? Because uh, it's true that they didn't show a lot of, about Arasaka yet. Uh, being someone, is ask, someone was asking before, is there a quintessential bad guy in this universe? Well... This universe is entirely composed of quintessential. Everybody's bad guys. a bad guy, mm. essentially. Yeah, well, in their own way. Yeah. yeah, mostly mega corporations, but you know, mm -hmm. depends. Mm -hmm. You also have boosters. You have all types of enemies. The big one, I guess, it will be Arasaka. And they didn't show anything at all about Arasaka. They showed uh, this uh, in the trailer, this uh, meeting that they were having, and they showed the news, and that's it. They didn't show the. Arasaka security officers, they didn't show a lot about them, and mm -hmm. I want to see it, and I also want to see the net, more of the net. I'm really curious what... Uh, I'm I'm taking for granted that Johnny Silverhand is going to be in the game, because they hinted that in the gameplay. If Johnny Silverhand is in the game, and I'm taking for granted that Al Cunningham is also in the game, but I don't know if Rage Bartmos is going to be in the game, which is someone that I would, would really, really like to see. Because if Arasaka has the weight in the game that I believe it's going to have, then, I mean, the biggest enemy, the two biggest enemies of Arasaka are Johnny Silverhand, doesn't, doesn't have that much power, mm -hmm. and Rage Bartmos. And Rage Bartmos is supposed to be dead. Arasaka killed him. 
but uh, he was connected to the net when did this happened, uh, so we don't really know if he's dead or not. So I'm like, oh, are we going to see Rage Bottoms in the I hope so. We'll see. We'll see, I hope I, so. I have a strong, strong feeling that we're going to see the story revolve around Arasaka and the difference between the Arasaka as it used to be and the Arasaka as it is now and that there's going to be a power play for it and that I suspect that we're going to have like that big like the big enemy or we're going to be introduced to a character who's going to be like the main mm-hmm. antagonist throughout the, this, the the game I think we're going to see that I'm pretty I have a strong feeling that that's kind of something it, it's it's a pillar of storytelling that it's really hard to do without especially in, in an interactive mm-hmm. video game it's like you need to have a way to make your to make an enemy and then to have that enemy be you know something that's worth it all the way through unless you go the route of um uh shadows of mordor where it's like your enemies are just created on the fly and it's different each time it's like they could do that i don't think that's a good idea but they could do that so yeah let me answer something that's going on in the com- the implementation of the net we discarded the net as we found it too hard to properly implement uh, no. the, net, the net is official. The net is official. <laughs> that the net, net is, is in Cyberpunk is, is official. That is not mm-hmm. is not a theory. That's the big I mean, thing they're so revamping too. That's the, the theory that's the is focus. how it looks like if what we saw in the net in, in the gameplay was the net. That's the theory. That the fact that the net is in the game that is official was officially announced by Tether Project Red past E3. We will have the net. How? We don't know. But the net is going mm-hmm. to be there. So don't worry about that. We'll have net. Yeah. Yeah, well, All these questions and no answers. A three. What? <laughs> Ready. Well, I believe that everybody needs enough time to work on the things of E three. So, hashtag we can wait. Hashtag mm-hmm. we have no other choice as well. <laughs> hashtag sad face. <laughs> Yes, but the more we have to wait, the more that we, you know, mm-hmm. the more hype we will be. Yeah, I want to see some more gunplay. I don't know why. It's just I'm I'm a bigger FPS guy, so yeah. like I'm not expecting, of course, Cyberpunk to be an FPS game. It's a primarily an RPG with uh-huh. you know the 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 gunplay aspect with those yeah. mechanics. But at the same time, kind of want to see more weapons. More I agree, yeah, I especially agree. melee weapons. Yeah, and how they will function. I think yes, they looked, we, will, we will see a lot of things. I think yeah, yeah. they looked a little plain, too, so I want to see some more futuristic kind of weapons as well. Because all the weapons in the demo kind of look like real-world equivalents, and I know a lot of them are going to be, but... Um, yes, well, I believe that the ones that are going to be sci-fi are going to be the exotic. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see Because those. it's like it is in this universe. The rest of weapons are based on the current weapons with modifications, but they don't look mm-hmm. like your typical sci-fi, but exotics mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, well, I believe that we went on for 87 minutes. Yeah, oh, should we? Quite a lot. Wrap it up. <laughs> 87 minutes? <laughs> yes, it's, oh, it's started, it started streaming 87 minutes ago. <laughs> Where do you even see that? Yeah. I don't see that anywhere on my... It must be on my dashboard, I guess, eh? No, yes, if you because like. it's just below, it's just below your, your username. So, maybe you are not seeing your username. Oh, you know, I see it, I see it. I'm just blind. 87 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Time flies when you talk about cyberpunk, right? right? Time flies. 
Right? <laughs> and I'm sure when you're having fun, <laughs> <laughs> and just just wait until we get the deluge of information. Oh my goodness! Oh yes, oh, these podcasts are gonna be like five hours, three, four hours. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, then we split the work. The news for you, the law for me. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, I'm no way to subtitle that. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man. All right, should we wrap it up? Yeah. You guys, you guys cool with that? All right, thank you guys so much for watching. Um, be back next Sunday on Last Known Meals channel. He'll mm-hmm. be streaming mm-hmm. uh, the podcast as always. It's Sunday at, I always say 12 p.m. Mountain because that's my, my time. And But nobody knows what that means, so you can, you can Google <laughs> that or whatever. So we'll be back next week. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you guys for interacting in chat. And we'll see you guys next time. Yeah. Talk to you guys next week. See ya.